this, 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 this show is brought to you by Safety FM. of the Hot Nerd Podcast. Before we jump into today's episode, do me a favor, head over to the website www.thehotnerd.com. Follow along on all that social media stuff. The easiest way to get a hold of me is just on LinkedIn. You can see my ugly mug under Sam Goodman. And make sure you go check out the latest book. Uh, I was going to say new, but it's not super duper new. I think I pushed it out back in August or something. 10 Ideas to Make Safety Suck Less. Getting a lot, a lot, a lot of amazing feedback on the book. So I think it'll bring value to you. And if you like it, love it, hate it, whatever, somewhere in between, do me a favor. Once you pick it up, once you read it, head back over to Amazon and uh, leave it a review. And if you need any help with any of this hop learning teams kind of sort of stuff, again, the website www.thehopnerd.com or just send me an email, thehopnerd at gmail.com. I've got a lot already going on the calendar for next year and I'd love to be a part of your journey. It would be an honor, my pleasure to help you in any way that I can. Uh, start on or go farther on your journey. So with all that out of the way, I'm going to jump right into the episode because these folks need no introduction, and I'm sure I've already listed them in the title. There's no introduction needed here. Let's just jump right into this amazing conversation. I got to do that now. Or I'll yeah, forget. so we don't forget. I'm real good at that. You don't want to be like my, my uh, cab driver from the airport last night. We were halfway home, and he goes, oh, no, I forgot to push the start button. So... <laughs> He, he, I got the trip for half price, but I gave him a good tip. So, no, oh, man. Wow. I say, that sounds like a pretty good deal. I don't know. That yeah. sounds <laughs> a rough day for him, though. Well, maybe it's a good deal for him, too, in the end. I don't know. So, how's everybody doing? Doing all right. How are you doing? You Are you are you checking on technology right now? Is your technology giving you, giving you fits and starts? Just, just making sure. So, I will say that as we start, that if for some reason things drop, I'll be right back. <laughs> it no seems to happen it seems to happen i can turn this thing on for like four hours with no one here and then as soon as we start recording something it it drops my interface it drops this it'll drop that and then i'll just disappear oh, i don't know but- i was just heard that this morning that that's one of the weirdest parts about living in this computer hole is you could be presenting and then suddenly People just disappear, and that doesn't happen very often in in person. You know, just, yeah, that's pretty pretty rare. Like, pretty rare. Well, yeah, I mean, pulled out of the conference room by force. It's yeah. like a real weird phenomenon to be like, well, like, I don't, I don't know where they went. They're just gone. Yeah. That'd be interesting. That'd be like, what was that old movie, Left Behind? Something like that, where you just like disappear. <laughs> <Bob. laughs> yeah, Glad Bob knows the reference because I don't. That would be a very interesting presentation if people start disappearing <laughs> into the sky. Just you remember it though. You <laughs> remember that one? Yeah, I think it'd be newsworthy. That's for the, That's for sure. <laughs> so, what have you guys been up to? We've been. I don't know. We've been Bob. Bob, we've been busy. Matt, we've been. We've been. We've been busy. We've been. My entire life is now in this office. I moved in. Uh, I have a little bunk on the top that I just sleep in, and that's what it feels like some days. But yeah, and Bob just came back from Mexico, right? Just- yeah, Mexico City for the week. Um, and and Sam, so it's really interesting. You know, for two years we we were just kind of all locked into this computer hole, right? And we 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 all figured out ways to make this happen. And now, you know, going back into motion, which I love, I love going to places in person, 
But then Andy and Matt and I find ourselves doing like crazy things like work in person during the day and then do something with Australia, you know, from, well, it's just seven to 11. It won't be that bad, you know, and then we're <laughs> getting into the day we're just drained, but it's going good though. I mean, it's, it's really exciting to see more and more people uh, on this journey and sort of shifting their, the way they even run their organization, you know, beyond safety, you know, this HOP stuff goes kind of everywhere, but yeah, yeah. it's really good. Yeah, that uh, those time differences get a little uh, a little wacky. I just did the uh, Brisbane Safety Differently book club the other night, and I say night because well, it's technically morning for me because it was like two in the morning. It was really oh a, a really for wacky you. time. Yeah, um, it was well worth it. And you know, I'm sure you guys know Steve Harvey and Josh Bryant and all those folks over there, just amazing people. It was, it was well worth it to get to hang out with them, but it was still like two in the morning. That was a really right. bad day the yeah. next day. Then you had then you had to go to work. Yeah, then then back right back to work, right back to doing stuff like nor- normal stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Man, brutal. So, what are we talking about today? I I, I think we we were going to talk about community, right? Hop community stuff. Is that that's right? Is, yeah. is yeah. that what's on the what's on the thing? What do you what do you guys got around the hop community? Or maybe we should start with just general thoughts on the state of the hop community. I don't know. Ooh, that's wow. a great question. Yeah. State, I don't know, Bob. What are your thoughts on the state of the hop community of of this this group of people? All kind of, we're all trying to do the same thing. We're all trying to like navigate our organizations, navigate trying to change frames of reference and mental models, navigate what that means and how we do things differently. But with each person only having so much control or so much influence to make change and then having to just focus in on what they can control, but then sometimes being frustrated with what we can see, but don't have any control over. I don't know, but what are your thoughts? I have a hundred and a half thoughts, but. Yeah, so when you think about communities anywhere, right? Why, why do we have communities? It's, it's re- re- relatively thinking similar anyway. We think the same-ish, not exactly, right? You know. No real requirement. Actually, we probably don't want to all just think the same. That might be dangerous. But people that are sort of like-minded um, pull together with this common sort of mission, and then and then communities become towns, and towns become cities, and cities become nations. Right. And so it feels like this is there was a there's a need for us to be able to connect with other people in this space because there's a lot of times I think we even question is is this really happening, and are we really a part of this? And community helps us sort of say, "Yep, we're gonna we're gonna be okay, right?" And when 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 I hear your stories and you hear Matt's stories and Matt hear Todd Conklin's story, right? We hear each other's stories. It, it starts to help us, I think, believe that in fact this change is happening because there's still a lot of times you, you're at a site and there'll be that they'll ask you straight up, like, "Does our leadership know this? Are they are they really on board with this? Because this is not how our company is run." And so, yeah, I think the community piece of it right now is is really important because it helps encourage people to stay in the game don't don't give up even when it gets hard Hmm. that's my thoughts and i don't know i mean i think matt probably could see this in joining this group more than we could see it but i think there's a lot of um there's a lot of isolation Mm -hmm. when you're trying to when when we're trying to make a change and some people that are advocates for these concepts, you might be the only person advocating at your site or maybe in your division or maybe for the entire company. And, and it's not easy. (laughs) Um, Mm -hmm. And you kind of feel 
and sometimes like you're going crazy because it seems like your own your thought process is different than everyone else's around you and although you're you have conviction that it's the right thing to do over time you start to think well maybe it's not because why isn't everyone else seeing it the way that I'm seeing it um and we had like a loose group of people that we would you know would meet with once a month if they you know just wanted to hang out and talk to other people and ask questions but I guess it started to feel like maybe not enough connection because, you know, we, Bob, you and I in doing some of this work sort of became a bit of the glue to tie people together, but it didn't mean we were necessarily so good at doing it all the time. Like we tried really hard to connect people, but, the, but we were, we sort of became the bottleneck of the process of connecting people. And that didn't quite feel like the right way to, to do it. It, well, it started, it's started in uh, in COVID really big time, right? Because everybody was feeling isolated, and so uh, I remember, like I remember this conversation. We, were, you know, Todd and Andy and, and Mark Guestin and and Martha, you know, our little consortium. We got together, like, well, what do we do here? And we weren't real sure. Um, and then, actually, on the front porch of my house, my wife was said, "Well, why don't you and Andy just offer a conversation with people?" So that Tuesdays at two was was kind of our first attempt to help with community, and then it was like every week, wasn't it, Andy, for for quite a while? For a while, yeah, for every Tuesday then, at two o'clock, yeah, Eastern. It was just a session for people to get together and talk things through, and then um, so it, even though I call COVID stupid COVID because it is stupid COVID, uh, one of the things that came out of it was this like this need for connection became really apparent. And uh, and then it just has kind of grown from there. I think there's probably some other people out there too that are trying to pull people together in the safety differently space or whatever. I think that's good. And so uh, it just, it, I guess it sort of emerges like with complexity, right? Yeah. Matt, what are your thoughts? Because you, jo you joined this hop community, kicking and screaming and pulling back the whole way, but you finally joined it, right? I, I think it's, it's fascinating for me not being a part of the safety world. I mean, I, I guess I am now by association. Whether you like it or not, you got um, but, pulled you know, in. Coming from the, I guess, more of the business side, it was so interesting on our first in per. I guess it was our second or third in person together, but you kind of, you see people at the end of each day, like it's almost like in a movie where they get to the door and they look back and they're like, thank you. Like that, that meant something to me. And then that's usually day one. And then by day two or day three, you start to see that, I think generally now, 2022, it's just a pretty introspective time for everywhere. Um, and I think people who are in industry and are naturally intro introspective feel like Hop gives them a lot of really good direction or answers or at least a place to go and try to find those things. So for me, being a part of where we are now and, and seeing the hard work that it took to get here and hearing the stories and then uh, looking at where we're also maybe meeting with companies that are slightly outside of what we typically meet with and mm -hmm. seeing that it doesn't just stop with safety and that anyone that's kind of being introspective of where their business is or where their team is or where, where they are uh, in the work world is seeing how helpful and relatable these, these principles can be. And so the hot community was a place for anyone who's trying to either hold themselves accountable or bring about change. I mean, uh, the amount of times we get asked, like at the end of a session, well, what, what now, where do I go? How do I, how do I learn more? Can you calculate someone? It was a natural sort of progression of that. And so we, we put some thought into an easy mechanism to get everyone connected and 
here we are. Uh, and it, it seems to be a pretty good place. Yeah. So maybe, maybe we should even explain, Sam, that what the hot community, I mean, it's actually a thing now, like you can go to the hot community because I don't know that we really define that. We're talking like everybody knows what it is. Right. Um, but it's actually something that was the brainchild of Andy and Matt in an attempt to help provide a place, just an open free space for people to, and, and no, no, um, like no mean people are allowed, right? We're not, <laughs> we, don't need, we don't need trolls in there. We don't need anybody in there like digging at us because we think different than the old school stuff or whatever. We don't, none of that. It's just people on this journey pulling together and hanging out. And it's, it's, uh, the, you know, there's an actual website with, uh, what is it you use, Matt, that, that, that makes it easy for people to connect? What's it called? Yeah, so we we use Slack as the instance. It's hopcommunity.org is where you could go and learn some more about it. Um, and and to Bob's point, we we ask people like ask to join, not because we're going to say no, but because we just want everyone to know that like this is a place where no one is going to solicit anything, and you, we just ask that you be kind and respectful, and that's it. We want to make sure that that's uh, agreed upon, and then welcome everyone in uh, to the group. And and it's through Slack. It's a pretty straightforward instance of Slack. There's nothing crazy. We decided on a couple of channels or you could call them like topics, topics or meeting rooms, whatever you want to consider them that we thought were relevant. But I mean, we are also always taking feedback and what people think will be helpful, but we wanted to create something that's in real time. And Andy called this out. We find a lot of people use it outside of work hours. Yeah. They use it at night. Like most of like, so most of the folks that, you know, are posting things like we find that it's in their their nighttime, right, wherever they are in the world, which I found fascinating because that means like this is something I'm so excited about, right? I'm, I'm I'm going to bed and I'm thinking I should ask the community something about this, and so anyway, I find that fascinating that that a lot of the discussion is happening, you know, outside of people's regular work hours. So, uh, our hope, I, I think, was in doing this is just to just to create a place where people could could ask each other things right could could find out that they weren't alone in trying to do something could recognize that we have similar sorts of d- difficulties that we are trying to face and we're trying to walk through and then you know maybe in the future it also is a place where as we start to see common problem statements throughout different industries we have a chance to throw around, you know, brainstorming of solutions that there's a a group of people that, you know, have access to others that can crowdsource options for how we're actually addressing something because we're all kind of thinking about solutions in the same way, right? We're, we're not, we're not trying to make a human, a better human, right? We're saying, okay, well, there's just fundamental limitations of like, and fundamental advantages of of humanity. And so let's um, work in accordance with that instead of against it. And so with enough people kind of thinking from that lens, well, then how we brainstorm and how we're bringing people into that conversation uh, probably lets us come up with some pretty creative solution sets for things together. So yeah, that was the, that's the intent. It's not complicated. I mean, it's not complicated. It's a Slack instance and it's just, but it's kind of cool. The conversation, right? So similar to the concept, I think of operational learning, like the concept itself is not hard. It's, it's the conversation. That's what's important. Yeah, so I, I think I think to a few things that were said there that I think really stand out to me, just me in particular. And we're talking about safety folks a little bit there, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and Matt, you kind of coming into it, you know, as a non-safety person and your perspective. I think that's really interesting because I know as as I've seen you guys, I'd be interested to hear if you've seen this, but 
safety often tends to be the end point for a lot of these kind of concepts, right? And it, it usually spreads after that, but it's kind of the end point. And um, we, I don't know if it's if it's common, at least my personal experience and a lot of practitioners that I talk to, it seems to be common, is that there's a lot of these kind of lone wolf safety practitioners that exist throughout organizations. Either they're far, far and away from their nearest corporate counterpart, or they're like the only one that exists for that organization. And then especially in smaller organizations, there might just be one person. So they're already kind of isolated and thinking differently about things, even in a more traditional sense of safety matters, right? Um, so they already kind of feel isolated. And then they find themselves in this really wacky position of going, holy crap, everything that I thought I'm thinking differently now. So now I'm I'm way out there, right? I'm, I'm way, <laughs> at least in thinking, you know, entirely. Right. And it might not even uh, align with what the operations team is thinking, right? So the closest people right. to them, not even in safety space, it's not even aligning with what they're thinking. So now I'm super isolated. I'm- exactly. You're, you're living on Mars, right? It feels <laughs> It feels like you're living on Mars. So to see this kind of community emerge, and in the past, it's been through existing mechanisms, I guess, right? So you see these kind of little little small bubbles of people kind of emerge on like LinkedIn and different social media platforms, but they're they're so inconsistent, I guess. I don't know. It, it's you just you really have to purposely seek to do that. You have to try to sort through the mounds of garbage on LinkedIn and find people that you would like to speak with and pull into a small community. Um, so I think what you're doing is amazing. I, I think that's absolutely amazing because I still come across people that contact me as I'm sure you guys do too, where there's like, I was Googling hot because I had no clue what it was. And I found you and I wanted to talk to somebody because I couldn't find anybody else to talk to. <laughs> right? So to, to have a community out there um, where that thought's kind of being captured, I think that's really important. And you know, thinking of it in a more simplistic way, it's almost like a community notebook, right? Where you can kind of just jot down thoughts and learnings and things that you want to share with that community. And it acts as a, a body of knowledge that you can then reflect upon and take forward on, on other things that you might have not kind of worked through yet in your organization's journey. I think that's important. I think there's a certain element um, that's interesting with kind of concurrent problem solving where two groups are solving problems unaware mm-hmm. that the others are solving. And then you can kind of compare and contrast notes. I think that's interesting from maybe just an examination standpoint, but it's not very practical right? if someone else is already solving an issue that you're working on. Right. The um, perspectives are super important to have diverse perspectives, but right. to be able to align on the problem and then just, and actually be able to hear diverse perspectives, then that yeah. becomes, and it, it's super hard to do. So we're so, there's so many people around the world trying to do this, but the energy and effort it's taken to try to allow people to talk with each other that are trying to do this, mm. it seemed too hard. Seemed too way, yeah. Um, and then if, even if you were kind of, I don't know if brave is the right word, but brave enough to put something out into the fling it into the internet, like on LinkedIn. <laughs> half the time we were dealing with people who are just trying to rip something down instead of being productive, which I'm all for diverse perspectives, but the, the idea that we're trying to actually have a conversation versus, Hey, we're just trying to fling things at each other. Um, well, you, yeah, you set it up like in a, a better, better way, a better, uh, maybe better is the wrong word, but a, an easier way, yeah. a, a more accessible way for people to be able to talk. Well, it, it's the, the incentive's different, right? And so in a community like that, I mean, the incentive is learning and sharing. And in LinkedIn, a lot of times the incentive is likes and attention. 
Mm-hmm. So typically, a lot of ways, the um, the way that you can do that is by being as uh, as disagreeable <laughs> as possible. Right? Yeah. <laughs> right? and, ju- and just like Hop, it's not exclusive to this community. That idea that LinkedIn is just, I got to see what I can say that is either the most agreeable or the most controversial to try to get mm-hmm. attention. I mean, that's, that's in every part of LinkedIn. I mean, I was in sales. I've, I've been a part of the you know, the software space for a really long time and it's everywhere. I mean, everyone's posting that stuff to try to get clicks and likes and what I feel like what you're doing is important because, you know, LinkedIn just kind of naturally emerged because it was there and already business focused, I think. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, It kind of emerged as like the sharing platform, but it's just not really good at it. So to have something that's, that's really designed and as we were kind of talking with a different, really a different incentive is it's, that's powerful. Right. I think that's powerful. And so you're you're growing a, a a community around that piece of it. Sorry, I've got dogs going crazy in the background now. That's okay. That's <laughs> how everybody knows this is real, right? So I've, I've got uh, you'll see dogs probably in a second, and then you're probably seeing eight year old. So that's that's just how this works. So everybody knows. Love it. <laughs> but I think it's important, right? I think it's super important. I'm, I'm really glad to hear you guys are going down that path. Um, what was the website again? Opcommunity.org. Opcommunity. We're really good at naming things. <laughs> I've, I've, we I've crazy that. about yeah. one. <laughs> I, so, I typed it in. I typed it in my name block there, Sam. On the, I don't know if you can see my image on Zoom. I can see it. There we go. Oh, Look at that. Nice. Look at that. Hey, you, Bob, using <laughs> technology to your advantage here. That's all I know how to do. <laughs> yeah, and ah. I, I feel I feel like that's really important as we're kind of saying from the isolation standpoint. Um, I didn't want to lose that thought either. We're kind mm-hmm. of talking about you know safety practitioners that are typically. Um, from the community that I spend time in just with safety practitioners in general, hot focused or otherwise, right? They're, they are, they've typically felt pretty isolated over their careers as it is. And organizations haven't done a really good job of maybe trying to counter that for them or helping them, assisting them through that. And then again, adding in that bit of thinking differently makes it that much worse. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you throw the, uh, I'll use Bob's term, stupid COVID on top of that. I'm going to end up getting like one of those COVID banners if I keep saying COVID. You can see on top <laughs> of Spotify podcast or something. <laughs> but you throw that in there. Now they're super isolated. And for many of them, you know, their kind of passion piece is walking around, hanging out work, you know, hanging out around work. And now a lot of times those folks couldn't do that. They're kind of stuck in their bedroom closet with a laptop trying to hide from their kids and do Zoom meetings, you know. And so then I think you did see a lot of that kind of online stuff start to emerge there as we were kind of talking around like LinkedIn stuff. You started seeing a couple different kind of different meetup kind of things happening, virtual meetup kind of things happening. But I guess to tie this back into um, hopcommunity.org. There we go. Thanks for putting that up there, Bob, because I wouldn't have remembered it again. (laughs) Hopcommunity.org. I think that it really kind of pulls that stuff together too, right? Because I would assume that there's some of that intent, right? Like if if you guys are having these calls, you're going to probably share some of that information there, right? That you're going to have these calls, people come hang out, right? If you're going to be- Oh, yeah, yeah. So and then anyone on the Tuesday calls, right? We those we happen once a month. There's a couple people around the globe that do them, which is fantastic, right? So Zoe Nation does one um, for Australian time zone and just yeah. having even, even something as simple as, I mean, I don't know. I don't know. We're just- this is such a grassroots movement that we're super unorganized, right? And there hasn't been all, there's been people trying to organize small bits of things, but like even knowing when a hop conference is, people right. are like, have you heard about this? Have you like, and now there's at least a place to be like, hey, this is a thing that I saw. 
if anyone wants to know it exists, right? Here's a thing that, you know, people are gathering together around or, you know, if somebody happens to be traveling somewhere, like Sam, if you're going somewhere and, you know, there's people in that area that want to actually get together for dinner to just chat about stuff. Well, now you actually have access to say, Hey, I'm, I'm going here. If anyone's around in the area. Yeah. Place to plug into, right? It's almost impossible. Like that, you know, so it's not. And one of the things we made sure when we created it was that anyone has the ability to invite anyone else. So once someone in your organization's in and you're thinking, this is really helpful, I want everyone on my team to have access. It's like, yep, go ahead, just send it. We'll, yeah. we'll let them in. And we want them to be a part of it. We want everyone to be a part of it. And we're not going, you know, <laughs> it, there's no advertisements about it. We're not like, we're just, we want it to be somewhere. If you feel comfortable and you like it and you want to be a part of it, please join. And, and we'd love to have you, but we're not going to. Yeah. The only rules are to be nice. Be nice and don't like it. Don't try to sell anything. Yeah. And then we're good right that's pretty good that's and you can disagree psychological safety kit capacity for candor disagreement is good right it's mm-hmm. not it's just disagreement versus yeah yeah there's a difference yeah. disagree yeah. dissent debate yeah. not you yeah. know mutilate throw rocks at destroy right. yeah. no like a, like a, right. i'm kind of my you know my family or values or yeah oh, yeah. you're allowed to do that because that, that seems to be where the conversation devolves to, right? Is you support Hop, you are a terrible person. No, I've not seen it. I've not seen it go that far, but pretty close. I think pretty close. The internet's a strange place. Yeah. <laughs> That's for sure. What else do you guys have going on? So we're, we've been talking a lot about hopcommunity.org. And I think when we chatted before, I told you I was going to make you talk a little bit about Hoptimize, right? I was going to throw that in there. So I think that's sure. super important too. Yeah, we, I mean, we can if you want. It's, um, yeah, it's a, it's an attempt. Let's back up for a second. Cause I think for, uh, a long time, uh, myself included, <laughs> um, in this hop space, uh, we tend to throw stones at software. So if we're talking about throwing stones, right. Tend to throw stones at software and there's good reason for a lot of it. And it's, the software tools that we have been given that have been used in organizations, they tend to be mm, sometimes uh, super Tayloristic, right? Sometimes um, forcing people to think about causality, like root, root cause and forcing people, like it pushes people in directions that tend to be away from the mental models that we try to create in the top space. And so Maybe they're, they're not even, they're not even usable. Some of them are so difficult. Multi of seven layers deep. Remember your password. Remember yeah, your password. Yeah. Right? So they're not even user friendly. And I don't throw stones at them. I throw boulders at them. Because they're, they're just, I'm, a maintenance, I'm an old maintenance guy. I'm a maintenance manager for years. I don't have time to go. I don't remember my password. And out so, so you're not going to get much from me, Sam. If I have to do all of that to give you a near miss, I'll just, maybe I'll tell you passing, or maybe I just wanted to worry about it, right? So there's no telling how much we have missed in an attempt to provide software tools. I was just at a site recently. I think they listed off like six or seven software tools that they expect everybody to use, all of them with their own logins, their own, I mean, it's like, so you think about people out there trying to get work done. So very few people, I think they said that, like people don't really seem to use them much, you think? Right, so then we put then we put these these requirements on people. We must have ten near misses per month or whatever. Then you just get a lot of garbage. 
And so when Andy first started, I'm just setting this up so you understand that I was not I was not a part of this other than Andy said, I want to give this a try. I, I'm a very much a sort of against all this software stuff. So the fact that I like this, not that it matters to anybody, but this thing is so easy to use that even an old maintenance guy like me is like, mm, you know what? This might actually be kind of handy because I could get some information out there pretty quickly and someone could ask some information to my operations folks pretty quickly. And so that... It, I think it has. I think it's a lot of potential. And you can go on and explain. But I just want to set this up that that I very. I mean, and also know this, Sam. There's so much just garbage data in these software tools that we have now, and we will trend. We'll do Pareto's. We'll do pie charts off of basically garbage data. Yeah. We'll set up strategic initiatives off of data that is fundamentally flawed. And so to have more, and you, anybody who knows me knows that I'm I'm really passionate about the voice of the worker. And so a person who's close to the work that can say, hey, here's something that the organization needs to know. And it's that easy. Like, what, two clicks, is it, Andy, to get mm-hmm. to it? So that that's why I I think this is promising. Now, go ahead, Andy. I'm sorry. I just had to. No, it's good. I'm not throwing stones. He's got a trebuchet over there. Jeez. He's <laughs> 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 So, so in my view, I would have told you probably five or six years ago that um, I would have, my statement probably would have been like, well, yeah, software is just not really necessary in this space. And and there's a piece of me that still has a bit of that feeling. And it's because I, software can't replace what we do in person. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that that's important. Um, but I don't think there was any software that was tailored to what we were trying to do. Uh, that, there might be, and there's some homegrown solutions that people have shown me, which are fantastic, right? So they're brilliant. Um, but the, uh, what we're trying to do in this top space, right, is to, to have a voice, the voice of the worker be magnified. And then also to be able to sort of make connections between things, recognizing that, you know, the relationships between stuff is not super, super simple. And it dawned on us that there isn't a really good way of doing that at scale. Um, and so organizations that have been on this journey for a while, they, they get really good operational learning in pockets um but but it's difficult the same way it's it's we need a community of people but the community was difficult to access difficult to find difficult to connect the same thing was happening with um the knowledge of operational learning of things that were coming out of learning teams of the knowledge that people close to the work had it's there it's just sometimes difficult to connect and it's, and it takes a lot of energy to to gather and energy to see relationships between things and and people in the space are putting a lot of time and energy doing that and it's fantastic and they're making inroads in places that we've never made inroads before and coming up with solution sets to things and mitigation defenses that haven't even existed in history before but it's exhausting because nothing is set up to make it easy Nothing, no, nothing that we have organizationally is designed with the same thought process in mind. So the, the hope was, is that we didn't have to throw the baby out with the bathwater that like all, all software is terrible, but that is there a way for us to create something um, that is very different from the types of software that tends to exist, that it's not an attempt to replace people. It is a way to augment how much information we can retain and learn and connect and it's a way to sort through large amounts of information and see connections faster than we would have kind of going line by line. So the the right. idea of the software is super simple. You have, you know, the people out in the field, really easy ways like, Bob, we didn't even give you instructions on how to use it, right? We just told you, here's the name of the app, download it and see if you can do it. And 
Bob was able to do it. So that's my test. <laughs> test if Bob, Bob can do it. Um, and like within a couple clicks, you can talk about something that's frustrating, something that's dumb, something that's different, something hate. And so that's just easy to gather information. But then what's awesome is that you can actually ask each other questions, right? So, so if there's something that doesn't seem like it makes sense, or, or maybe we've, we've, uh, maybe we've changed something, right? Maybe we tried to put a control out in the field and there's a bunch of people affected by it. And it's just really hard to get all those people in the same room or it's hard to, the, the software allows you to just ask those people a question and it comes to their phone and just be like, Hey, teach us, is it working? Is it not working? Send us a video of it. What is it? What does it look like? And then all of that information, the person who would normally digest that to get the feedback to say, okay, do we need to pull people together to do some more operational learning or like what's working well or what's not working well? That's also exhausting because you're trying to connect a bunch of information line by line. You get stuff scribbled in a notebook. You got stuff, you know, a bunch of emails of things, right? Maybe you sent out a, a survey, like a one question survey, and you're trying to go through that line by line. And all of that was really hard to do. And so how the information is organized on the back end, it's organized in a searchable, manipulative word cloud. So you can start to see you can see things that are trending, right? If you ask a question and somebody's frustrated with a certain process or a piece of equipment, you can actually see that that's happening and you can then dive into the details there. So it makes it makes gathering information and asking questions a little bit faster because we know it's the speed with which we can learn and improve that allows us to, to be resilient in the space. But then it also makes sorting through all that information a little bit easier to do. It, the software doesn't do it for you. It just presents information. You still have to use your brain, right? We still have to ask questions. Right. We still have to humbly inquire about things. We still have to be interested. It doesn't, it's not a replacement. It doesn't, but it, it just gives you information in a more digestible way and allows you to humbly ask questions faster than trying to go to 300 people and ask them each individually a question. I can at least request it humbly and say, hey, can you teach us what's going on? And then I can digest that information in a way that we know if we need to bring people together to have more conversation about it. So Sam, you could even use this thing as a sort of a, a digital way of doing what Conklin, Todd Conklin had us do early on with the three by five index card, right? He said, if you want to know where some of your hotspots are, your areas are, and they may not be showing in your traditional software tools, he said, hand out a bunch of three by five cards at your next all employee meeting and say, hey, where's the next accident going to happen? You know, we've done that. We've actually done that quite a few times now at different sites. and. It's, but somebody, somebody has to sort all that out even, but here you can do that and the system would help you sort that. I would really, you know, anytime software actually helps me, I have to pay a little bit of attention to it because most software just takes, takes part of my life away from me, right? Yeah. And, um, <laughs> That's and your so, soul, a bit of your soul gets taken. A little bit of my soul is just taken, right? And so <laughs> once again, right, this is a situation where they, even the software company that, that Andy partnered up with us, they, they really listened to her because she's bringing this forward as a as something to help us with the management of all this data, not something to take the place of our brains, right? This is something to help us just manage massive amounts of data from the front line, which is so powerful. They will know things that is not in our... So think about this. Right now we have to go, remember your, your, your login, your password, and go seven layers deep in the software, and you can enter your near miss or whatever your issue or your concern. Now you've got two clicks on a smart device, boom, you've got the information. Which one are you going to get more out of, right? So if you make it easy, people are more likely to use it. And then it's smart. So you can, you know, some kind of AI algorithm stuff that they use, but they they make it really easy to sort through this data and pull some stuff out that's just kind of noise in the way and then to get into some of the areas that are, so, you know, maybe a place to go do a deep, deeper learning. I Here's what I'm excited about too. I think that they will, I think that they will, 
develop this software. I think it will emerge into a space where, you know, I do a ton of learning teams and I teach that methodology because it's so powerful, right, to unlock the complexity of work. And I think that this tool, as it grows, will eventually be able to help us in that space too, because we're learning we're learning more than we can learn even digest in those learning teams. And how do we have a, a way to capture that easily and uh, and then be able to help us sort of look at how things are connected. Right. Yeah, I think there's there's a couple things there that I find super interesting or just kind of, I guess, points to highlight is that as you're kind of talking about there, Bob, I think, I don't think I know, you guys know as well, that so many times organizations, when they go down this um, kind of workforce mobility, kind of moving towards kind of app-driven stuff, a lot of times what they do is they just kind of drag and drop their existing approaches to things just into a digital space. Yeah. Right? So like this checklist was great. Wait till we put it on the Wait iPad. Wait till we put it on your mobile uh, device. Yeah. We're going to throw it on the iPad and it's going to suck less because we put it on the iPad. And to your point, Bob, is then we just, we don't have any like single sign on stuff and we have like 13 logins and it's just another thing, just more headache. It's just more safety work, right? Kind of, kind of back to some of those thoughts, I think just more administrative burden that doesn't really, a lot of, in a lot of ways don't, doesn't really contribute to operational safety um, in particular, right? It, it might cover some other bases for the organization, but it's not. And for those folks looking at that, going, I know this doesn't contribute to the safety of work. That's one less reason why I'm, I'm not going to want to do it. Right. And then you throw it behind a bunch of headache and add some anxiety on top of that around maybe some compliance pieces with that. Sprinkle that right on top. Um, a lot of times what you see is you just see to your point on garbage data is you just see people presenting the illusion of compliance while minimizing the amount of effort they have to do that, right? Uh, so it's because it's kind of driven as a thou shalt, right? Whether that's a checklist for this or event reporting for that or, or whatever. And so I, I think organizations then look at that and they say, well, the more of these kind of tracking points that I can put in here, these data points I can put in here, then I can take all that. And it gives me more opportunity to predict and prevent. If I can just examine that, that the days of the week hard enough that these things occur on, then maybe I can figure out how things happen on Tuesday. Right. And, and not, and won't, it won't really go much deeper than that. Right. And who knows how accurate that is. <laughs> it's usually wildly inaccurate, right. It's probably yeah. the, the key point there, but it kind of goes back to some of the measuring thing too. Right. There's a lot of organizations I know that uh, I'm very familiar with that spend time, you know, trying to look at these, the, the completion of these things as a, a measure, some numeric value of what safety is, right. That we did a thousand checklists. So that means that we're definitely safe. Right. Um, thumbs up, right? We're 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 doing really good. Where I think where this kind of where where Hoptimus really stands that on its head is I don't see it as even in the same vein as kind of maybe those more traditional approaches. Where in the yeah, past right. we're yeah, kind of right. looking at it as like a um, something to drive compliance or something to. We're, we're I guess what I'm trying to say. So I'll stop. I'll stop rambling because this stuff, this stuff super excites me. Optimize really excites me. with kind of what you guys have going on. But instead of viewing all that stuff as a measure we don't we don't need yet another yardstick right we need a looking glass we don't we don't need another measure we need we need an end right we, we need something to look through and try to peer into more normal work and i think that's more of what this provides right it's not just another data set to measure you're it's a listening tool right it's yeah. an operational listening tool you're, you're, you're trying to tune into those things where all that other stuff just hasn't really accomplished that for a large garbage bag full of reasons right? yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, and sam, sam the the whole notion of um first of all it's just, it's super easy to do but then we we can ask questions uh so i say this all the time i'm kind of known for also not liking metrics 
which is not, a, I mean, I don't want to be known for that, but it's just because I don't like metrics, right? Um, and, uh, so what I'm realizing is, is, is that, you know, people who run organizations, they have to have metrics. I know that. I mean, I grew up in industry. And that's so funny. Re recently, Andy and I were, uh, were at a place and she said, you know, early in my career, 10 years ago, I got involved in Hop. And I'm like, early? That was late in my career when I got involved 10 years ago. But um, but you know, I say this a lot now, like metrics without context, they, they scare me, right? Metrics without context are, are dangerous and actually can be even deadly because they can they can make you believe one thing when in fact you're headed off a cliff. Mm -hmm. So now you have this sort of a easy, easy to use tool that's quite smart. And so if you're not sure, if you're a leader, if you're a manager or a director, you're like, well, we have, that was the best shutdown ever. We didn't have a single event, right? You can push that question out there. Hey, from the from the ground, for those of you that were there, from the turnaround, from the shutdown or whatever, what, what was it really like? Because our numbers show it was great, but what did it take to actually get this done two days early or whatever? And so now, and I think Andy, it has the ability you can send stuff in without saying Correct, it can be anonymous, right? So if you right. have a question, so right? Now, now we find out the best production day ever actually came really close to blowing up a piece of equipment and a couple of guys went home because they were about to have a heart attack, right? So, but we didn't know that because the metric didn't show us that. The metric said, hey, best production day ever. But now I can question my metrics it's, so to me, it's exciting from that perspective because if I'm a manager and I get it, I say, wait a minute, just seeing these numbers and these trends, oh, look, everything's green. You know, David Payne from Chevron said that a long quite a while back. He said, don't tell me how good we are. Tell me what should be, you know, making me nervous. Tell me what should be keeping me up at night. Tell me where the brilliance in the system is. That's how we get better. Now, a person like himself who doesn't maybe easily have access to going out to meet with a bunch of people could push that question out into that community and say, hey, where, where is the brittleness around this? So that number looked really good. Is it an indication that the process runs well or was there a lot of, were there a lot of challenges? So and then the neat part, Bob, is that when that information comes in, if you happen to have, a, you can list, we can look at everything like one at a time and see pictures and videos. Like you can look at it in any, any format that you want. But if you get a lot of information that comes in and it just feels like an undigestible amount of information, so perhaps you send that out to a hundred people and you get, you know, in a great world, you might get 40 responses back in an amazing world, but that's 40 things that you'd have to go through line by line and try to draw connections. You can actually pull back from that. And instead of seeing it line by line, you can see the words that are used and the commonality of those words that are used and you can sort through that information. So if we ask about how did that turnaround go or how did that greatest production day ever and people are talking about this piece of equipment, no, it's just equipment X, right? Equipment X malfunctioning, equipment X. Well, this was on, you know, this wasn't working well and there was frustrations here. What you'd see in this word cloud around this question is equipment X. And then you'd see the words associated with it, frustration, explosion, concern, anger. Like you just, and you'd be like, huh, we should look at all of the things having to do with equipment X. And then you can actually go back to all the rest of the information of what people have put in and just search on what's happening with equipment X. And you look at it and you see all of the words associated with that. And you can look at all the details and then dive into the details of the videos. Or maybe maybe you just want to ask a follow-up question mm. and be like, hey, it seems like in that turnaround or whatever, you know, that, that production day, we are having frustrations with Equipment X. Anyone who works on that, can you teach us what else is happening? And suddenly there's a whole lot of information. So now we know we have to get together because we got issues with Equipment X, right? I don't exactly know what all, I have a whole lot of information of what I could pull from, but, but now let's go talk to each other. We got, we got a red flag here. We got brittleness here. It's screaming. Um, and so let's go talk about it. Yeah. I think that's, 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 that's really amazing because that's a question, right? Especially at a certain point in maturity on 
a company's hop journey is like we get really good at uh, using learning teams and kind of these these different tools to gain operational intelligence after event has kind of already happened, right? And we, we want to kind of get into that pre-event learning piece and start going down the path to pain points and frustrations and brittleness and really try, trying to discover where to learn from. But a lot seem to struggle with, okay, where do I actually do that at? Yeah. And as you said, I think that it's it just makes that a whole lot easier, right? And so back to a lot of the stuff that I rant about is that if we're going to call something a tool, it actually has to be helpful. Right? It actually has to help you accomplish something in need of accomplishing. And a, a lot of time in our organizational worlds, we call a lot of stuff tools, especially safety tools. I threw that out on LinkedIn one day and I got, yeah, and sometimes the safety guy, right? That's what, uh, that's what I, 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 I got back. I'm like, touche. Okay, good. I, did, I didn't, didn't think before I typed that out. Uh, <laughs> But it it really it, it gives you that in as we were kind of talking about as a, as an operational listening tool to let you start to discover those things because I think a lot are a lot of folks out there are doing that especially as they mature they start going out and exploring with some of those questions they're going out and spending time with those groups kind of here and there and here and there but I think it kind of multiplies that effort where you might have one or two people that are just doing that because that's what they do because they're crazy people like us right and they want to go out and learn as much as they can about normal work. Um, but you can take that and spread that much farther and wider. And then for folks to be able to get that and such a low barrier to entry to be able to put something in there, there's no headache. There's, there's a minimal at best, right? I mean, there's, there, it, there's just not a lot, right? That's what you guys say. It's like two clicks or something to kind of work through this. Uh, and then, you know, that that's going to feed into kind of these greater efforts of just creating overall organizational betterment. I think that's pretty powerful. That, that kind of incentivizes me to do that already. And I know that there's not going to be, it's, it's not the same, right? I know that it's not the same. And then on the back end of that, you know, it gives us a really great starting point for deeper learning around these particular things back to kind of, I guess my, before I rambled through that, back to the beginning of that jumping off points for learning teams, right? Jumping off points for kind of deeper explorations around these things that are starting to emerge. And mm -hmm. again, just looking at a word cloud as you're kind of kind of saying, and I've had the pleasure to kind of look at this. You guys have shown it to me a couple of times and it's super cool. Um, you can just look at it and you don't have to sort a bunch, but you can, which is nice, but you can just automatically start to see the things that are pretty interesting. Just start. It to, presents start information to in a out, way right? that's like easier for our brain to absorb. Yeah. That's all right. It doesn't yeah. take away our brain. It's just, Oh, there's, a, there's stuff happening here. <laughs> yeah. it's also like it, the ability to learn at scale is super challenging and that's what this is solving for. Right. So it's meant to be a chance to actually hear what's happening when, when nothing major is happening, when there's no event. It's just a, tell us what is going on day to day that we don't know about in a scale that is probably previously incredibly hard to, to hit or, or to get to, at least not with 17 clicks and led down a linear path. I mean, that's what we hear the most about. Well, and I, I appreciate the fact too, that it's so um, it's not so boxed in. And what I mean by that is if you did have like a normal near miss kind of reporting structure as all organizations have or an event reporting thing, not only is it such a headache typically to get to it and then to start to do it, but then in addition to those, you know, 105 or 120 boxes or whatever that you're going to have to fill in in the official digitized event report, right? It's just the paper form pulled over into, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> into a fillable form. Um it's just who, what, when, where, how, you know, and you're not, there's not a lot of free form to that to where I can just tell you what I'm experiencing. Right? Right. There's, there's, there's not a lot of opportunity for me, you know, when it's just like, give me the address of where it happened. Tell me who was involved. 
tell me what the outcome was. Yeah. That's and not it's not very- even and what's what's amazing. It's not even you don't even need that much in it because right. because the, the software team they're uh, what they're really really good at is um, knowing how to use unstructured data. Right. So they use behind the scenes data to help know where something's happening. And then the only thing they just ask the person to tell us what you see. And that's it. Like it, it could be through a voice to text or I mean, it's, it's picture, a picture or video. It's just, it's unstructured data and you don't have to. There's there's no radio button. Yeah. There's no there's no I don't even have to tell you what part of the organization I'm yeah. in. I don't have to tell you if it's a near miss or a concern or a thing. I, there's no there's no thing to check there's no box to check it's just mm-hmm. show me show me what you can see that we can't see and that's it yeah and it, to me it's that you know you have that bit where it's the, the general question i mean you can insert whatever question but the box itself is kind of like okay what's up <laughs> right? yeah exactly. you're, you're, yeah. You're, you're not yeah. you're you're not uh um to me, and I'd love to hear your guys' thoughts on this, but people generally, what I found, especially when you don't box them into just telling you a specific small portion of that information, they're going to already kind of internally sort and prioritize what's important to them yep. from that thing and giving them the freedom to prioritize that. Mm-hmm. Like, just give me a short blurb. They're going to usually going to tell you the most important thing to them in that particular moment for that particular situation, usually, right? And I think that free form ability opens that up where our more traditional software systems or just approaches again, just paper form pulled into the computer. It hasn't right. We're looking for very specific information that we think we need to know in relation, especially to an event or a near event. Um, So that to me, that's, that's an important piece of that is that you're just giving me a box and I can tell you what I need to tell you. And that's going to produce some really interesting comments. Absolutely. And I think, I think pretty quickly it, just like with Hop, I mean, Hop oftentimes starts in the safety space, and then it, it quickly grows into quality, into operational upsets, into you know operator struggle. And um, so I think that that they're going to see the same thing happening with this and more. And there's several now several different sites using it. They're going to see, whoa, we're also learning about these quality challenges or about these struggles we're having over here where we just can't ever seem to make rates. And so you know, I, I've said this a bunch. I don't think we really have safety or quality problems. We mostly have operator struggles or operation struggles. And those things are kind of outcomes, right? So I think that this, this approach will make it possible to capture stuff that will also help us with, you know, our lean efforts to get better, right? And our quality efforts to get better. And so it's, once again, it's the voice of the worker, right? The people that are close to it, that they can, they can sense, smell, and feel when things are not quite right. And we make it easy for them to bring that information forward. It does tighten up that that um, loop, loop that, that feedback loop that we've been talking about, and Andy says all the time, right? The speed with which we learn and improve based on what is happening. Now we're able to tighten that loop up, and uh, yeah, it's good. I think it's gonna. I think it's gonna help. It's it's, it's gonna be interesting because I think that Andy and I and Matt now have to. We, we do have to overcome a bit of the very bias. I know the biases that I have. I'm not real excited about a software tool, but then you see this and go, wait a minute, this is not about the software tool. It's about a way to make it easy to capture operational sort of intelligence and, and information that we need directly from the people who do it. Yeah. yeah. How can how can people learn more about Optimize? Um, there is a website, I believe it's Optimize, H-O-P, T I M I Z E dot com. Yeah, so because right. uh, good for spelling that, good for you because you. my um 
my twang comes out, my, my Virginia Appalachian twang comes out <laughs> and people are like optimize.com. I'm like, no, hop, optimize. <laughs> Apparently optimize.beer.com is something different. We found out when somebody was trying to find us, but optimize, H-O-P-E-I-M-I-Z-E. Dot com is so when you guys have the random conversation with people in the airport like we all do and you know and they're like so hop so you do stuff with beer do you guys get that because i get that all the time i'm <laughs> I, like no, i, I kind of wish saying, but- <laughs> i'm not using the name yeah i just I've, 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 i either say hop or i just because you're right because most of the time they'd be like oh so what beer distribution do you work with sam, sam what i do when i travel is i wear my ball cap down like this and i have my earbuds in so that I, so nobody talks to you, sir. Society of celebrity Bob. Celebrity Bob. It's my hibernation mode. We'll have to get you some disguises. We'll get you. I don't know, like a some good hats, some good wigs. You'll be, you'll be, yeah. Perfect. 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 So to to wrap things up, um, because we've been going for a second now, um, what are you guys seeing out there? So as you're kind of out and about, traveling around, spending a bunch of time in the world, I. Uh, in, within organizations, what what's what's on your radar? What are you seeing? I guess the, in kind of the current state of industry, what do you what's standing out to you right now? I'd say what's standing out to me is the fact that m- more recently, um, people very much outside of in organizational safety space are reaching out. Um, whether that be people that are not in safety at all, but part of an organization, whether that be regulatory agencies from different countries, or whether that be um, state governments. So there's sort of this space outside of where we originated. Right? Um, I don't know. That seems to me, that's, that's the first thing that pops into my head, Bob. Is that what pops into your head in terms of like what, is happening what what we're seeing happening out there in the world yeah so i like I like what andy just said we're seeing this move into some spaces that we weren't maybe in anticipating and that's good and then on a very just very tactical boots on the ground i i'm seeing more and more people realizing that it's not about simplifying our crazy complex world it's about getting better at managing complexity and, and i'm not opposed i mean i like simplification efforts but we're realizing that that is, we actually need to get better at managing complexity. The world's not getting less complex, it's getting more complex by the moment. And so, um, and, and so when I say that, I hope nobody, you know, anybody that's list, listens to this, I hope they don't think that, that I'm against any of these simplification efforts, I'm not. Uh, but I just think that we this, this complex world of work, more and more people are realizing it is not getting less complex, it's getting more complex. And then you throw into the middle of this, you know, the great resignation, people leaving the industry like crazy and new people coming in and the fact that we thought our procedures were so great, but now that we're falling apart because it really wasn't our procedures, it was our very adaptive people that just left, right? So I think that people are becoming, you know, lead- leaders for, I mean, specifically, they are becoming more aware and maybe a little bit more comfortable we've got to get good at this complexity thing. People that do the work, they already know this. They already know this is, well, this is what they deal with it every day, right? They, they, they're the masters of those blue lines. They manage that stuff every day, right? All that variability. So that's what I'm seeing. It's very tactical on boots on the ground. It's exciting to me to see leaders actually taking a breath and saying, all right, so we, we're going to have to know more details. We can't just have these 
sanitized PowerPoint slides with three bullet points on it. Show me that wall of discovery from a learning team and let me really understand. Like, Andy, I think the first first time I ever heard the term was from Andy, and I've not found it anywhere other than where we've said it, but maybe somebody else has said it too. But it's that notion of industrial empathy, right? Not, not sympathy, not feeling sorry for anybody. Not Tennessee, you don't sorry for people. Get on it, right? Get on with it. But empathy is different, right? Empathy is, and you know what? I walk a moment in your shoes. I'm a lot more curious and a lot less judgmental. And so the more we can sort of build on that curiosity and help set that judgmental piece aside, that, that's what I'm seeing. And little by little, but it is it is becoming, um, I think, more common. Yeah. In my view, so it, it just always feels a little bit, I don't know, different and new. So uh, the long story made as short as possible is I went to school thinking I was going to be a teacher. And then there was a hiring freeze in New York at that time. So you couldn't go into the workforce. So I started kind of in the business world for a long time, but I always ended up teaching and training people, whether it was whatever philosophy you're using or methodology across business. And that was a huge part of my job. And so when Andy and I started talking about me joining, uh, you know, this group and, and, and helping with the training and the teachings and the learnings and the all this good stuff. I, I was initially like, ah, I think it'll be good because I will, I, I've trained a lot of people on a lot of things, but I don't know how much I'm going to understand this concept. And then when I started learning about operational fidelity, you know, Taylorism, accountability, all these things that are just true in hop, they're also incredibly true in every other part of the business world. And so <clears throat> what I'm seeing is something that I thought would be maybe difficult for me to pick up or understand or at least be able to communicate and teach is actually just fairly universal struggles that we deal with in industry in work in general so um what i've been what i've been hearing most is just how universally applicable these ideas and philosophies are inside and outside of industry work whatever it is they just they tend to really flow quite well uh, into what we're doing all over the place. Which is really helpful because a few a few weeks ago we were working with a company and we were starting to tell some sort of some example, some safety example. And we looked around the room and everyone's kind of just giving us this face. And we're like, what what role are you what role are you all in? And it turned out there wasn't one person in the room that had anything to do with the safety part of their business, um, or at least that was not their view of what their role was. And I don't know that any of the people that were in the room actually interfaced with how their product was made or even had seen their product be made because that was generally uh, outsourced. So I was like, okay, so I don't know that any of the examples that we would normally use or only a few of them are going to resonate. Matt? <laughs> Mm -hmm. I was like, nice reference. I'll tell you all about this stuff. And so, kind of brought a different, a different lens to that, and it and it resonates. It does. It's yeah. it's the stories that we tell um, when we're when we're doing a, a training. Yeah, they're they tend to be very safety forward, but they're very easy to see from a different lens very mm -hmm. very quickly and, and be, you know, usually just as applicable in any any other part that we're talking with. So any other team vertical sector whatever it would be where yeah it's it's quite fascinating to me i thought there was going to be this kind of gap you know i knew that i'd be able to share concepts but i was like that's gonna take me a really long time to make it relevant and it, I, it's something i have to do they are there are just kind of truths to how uh, industry work operates 
Yeah, very true. And I've, <clears throat> I've seen that quite a bit as well. And especially now, right? We're in such a wacky time. Um, businesses are in such a wacky time and I've come across that quite a bit. Again, interested if you guys have, where there's a lot of businesses doing, trying to do the same amount or more with a whole lot less, um, from a resourcing standpoint, from a personnel standpoint. And some of that I'm speculating is being driven by trying to, some of it by trying to make up maybe some losses throughout the pandemic, maybe the more interesting economic times we find ourselves in now as some of our organizations and, they're really leaning into some of these ideas. I think from that stance now where they're like the world back to your point, Bob, the world isn't getting any less complex. It's a strange time overall right now. It still seems as we continue to emerge um, from stupid COVID and as we continue to try to figure out what this, what this looks like, what our business landscape looks like kind of moving forward. And so, yeah, I think it's, it's a really interesting time coupled with these ideas kind of expanding well beyond maybe that first scratch of the surface safety jump into an organization kind of piece and it's happening right i've i've, I've spent some time with some folks the other a week or two ago now that just not kind of the same not what you would expect but then when you spend a few minutes talking to them and they're already kind of explaining how they're using some of these concepts. You're like, holy crap, I would have never thought about it that way. That's a great, that's a yeah. great application of this. And even into some of the roles of, of folks kind of um, within organizations from finance to HR to even human remains, right? Even HR starting to kind of embrace some of these concepts into their world. Uh, it's pretty interesting. I, I find that wildly interesting to see it's kind of growth, kind of like wildfire throughout organizations. Once they get a taste of it, they quickly realize it like, well, maybe safety is just just the beginning. You can't unsee it. You can't unsee it. Can't see it. I've tried. I think that even goes back to your point, Andrea, about, about folks kind of, you know, we, we hours of the night laying there, you know, kind of playing in the community. Right. It's, it's like, like you can't unsee it. And then it sucks you in and that's it. You're, yeah. you're here. <laughs> you're here now. <laughs> and Sam, it really does feel like to me, it's uh it's becoming like it feels like a, a, an industrial reformation, not a revolution. We're not a bullet. I mean, there's a lot of really good stuff we do, and there's a lot of things that we do that needs a little reshaping. And uh, so we, you know, we're really big on don't don't throw everything out. You know, Andy said, don't throw the with the software. They don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. Which right now I'm out there in the weeds looking for the baby because I threw them all out together, and I know that baby's out there somewhere. But I gotta <laughs> dry it off and bring it back in the house because I threw everything out there, right? So. I think that that it is um, it is a industrial reformation, and it's really cool because it's there's a lot of people in this space now, and they're all thinking and helping each other, and so there's nobody in charge of it, but we're all in charge, which is kind of reflecting the comments, which means it may all fall apart at some point, but we hope not. We hope that we build enough inertia that this is the way that we tend to do things, and then it's the anomaly when we have somebody that is like pushing into this blame space or whatever. And, you know, we even share with people that blame fixes nothing principle is more of a blame is a waste of our resources. Mm. Blame fixes nothing is really clever and it makes a nice tattoo. Um, but the blame waste resources, when you stop and think about it, that's what we're saying. I mean, Andy said this a bunch. Every minute we spend on sort of the blame space is a minute we lost towards making things better, towards, yeah. you know, seeking to understand. So all of this stuff is still changing. And I think it, hopefully it will continue to change. And I'm just excited, Sam, that you're a part of this and that you're doing, you know, you're helping to spread this thinking and, and help people on this path as well. So as my Aussie friends just say, good on you, mate. 
<laughs> and, uh, so, so keep keep it up, keep doing it, and keep sharing yeah. this. Stuff. And uh, yeah, thanks for certainly thanks for taking time to have us on your. Happy to uh, happy to have you guys here, and it feels like it feels like it's if this should have happened already, right? Where we kind of got everybody together, but the world's crazy, life's crazy, just doesn't doesn't doesn't. We can only blame it on stupid COVID. Stupid COVID. (laughs) That's good. That's completely completely what it is, and I really appreciate appreciate your points on uh, the kind of this industrial reformation, Bob, because I think that I think there's power in figuring it out. And that's kind of what we're doing, right? There's, there's not, there's not some ABC thing that we're just trying to throw out there and follow. It's we're trying to actively figure it out as we go, learn as we go all in those efforts of just trying to make things better, right? Trying, trying to, trying to get there. And I think that's important. And I'll even tie that back into hopcommunity.org. Folks want to check that out is that's a great place to kind of share those learnings and kind of kind of push that rock up that hill, if you will, even though I guess the, the knowledge will make the rock maybe grow a little bigger as we push it, but you get more people oh, pushing wow. on the rock at the same time. Right? <laughs> a, lot of, a, lot of, a lot of hands though, right? Because yeah, none, none of us know how to do all this. None of us know how to make, we just, we're all just struggling to make one small difference, right? Isn't that the yeah. Ellen Goodman quote, Bob, that Ellen Goodman, I, I think one of her quotes is, um, I've never been especially impressed by the heroics of people convinced they're about to change the world. I am mm-hmm. more awed by those who struggle to make one small difference. And I, honestly, I think that's, that's what all of us in the space are trying to do. None of us have everything figured out. None of us, we hardly have anything figured out. All we know mm-hmm. is that yeah, we, we're changing things and some things seem to work really well when they're changed. So let's mm-hmm. try to do that and continue to do that and continue to share what we're learning. And yeah. Everybody working on their one little corner and then yeah, connecting the other those corner. corners of the community. <laughs> if we have one quote on our board, um, which is be curious, not judgmental. Walt Whitman, Ted Lasso. So that's, that's <laughs> the way I think about it. Um, that's kind of our driving principle every day. Uh, just Love it. Curiosity, right? Love it. How can, uh, I, I think it's, I think most might know, most folks are listening, but how, for those folks that don't know, how can they find you guys? How can they get in contact with you? Um, not, in an not in an airport because they're gonna be got my hat down like <laughs> <laughs> um yeah if you throw our names and if hop and our names get thrown into google in some sort of order we'll we'll pop up somewhere so yeah there you go super easy you, easy 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 like it cool Thanks. well any let's throw this out there because this is my infamous kind of famous i don't know last question that i ask everybody um any final words and it sounds like an executioner's question i don't know how i ended up in using that question but uh i'll throw that out there it's just anything that you want to uh share with folks out there anything that's kind of you're seeing that you you know pro tips whatever anything you want um for folks that out out there within the community and kind of beyond we get a lot of folks that are operational leaders some safety folks uh all across the map within organizations so anything you want to share with them Man, um, big question. All my good bits of information. I don't know how many. I think that just the notion that kind of we're all in this together. You know, I, Bob, I love when you say this. So we can say it together, Bob, because I don't want to take take it away from you in case you're planning on saying it. But Bob says all this time, we humans, we humans created this mess. We can, we can get ourselves out of it. So we're all in it together. Matt, what do you think? Thank you. You can, you. Like, you can you mean, say pass is an answer. <laughs> yeah, I, I, just, I think I think they've uh, Bob and Andy have said incredible things. So um, 
yeah, my last words are thank you for having us. Yeah. Yeah. And so, so Sam, my, my final thoughts on this podcast is, a, is actually a question. Did your daughter do the blue heart behind you? Is that her artwork? That is her artwork. Yeah. So tell her, tell her it is my favorite of all the cool things on the shelf behind you. The blue heart is my favorite. The blue heart is, is one of my favorites too. And I've, I, I think I'm covering up, but I'm already getting... I'm not quite ready for this yet, but I'm already getting Christmas drawings. So oh. I, don't, I, don't <laughs> I haven't taken down the Halloween decorations yet. So I don't, see, I'm, a, I'm a Halloween person. I'm a Halloween person. I'm, I'm not the Christmas person in the family, but, but she is. So she makes up for my, for Thanks for having us, Sam. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks. Thank you guys for coming on. It's, it's awesome. We'll have to do it again sometime. And um, I know not only for me, but from everyone out there that's listening to this podcast, just a sincere thank you to all three of you for what you do for this community and your efforts out there. It's it's greatly appreciated, not only by myself, but again, by everyone that's kind of in this community. So thank you for that. And uh, that's it.